Alright, how's everybody doing? Welcome back to You Don't Know Ball, episode 48, and we are so glad to have you back. And it was a, you know, I, again, I, it's been a trend this year. I wouldn't even say a crazy week. I would say a very entertaining week, though. Yeah, I mean, when Josh Dobbs comes in after two, three days of being on the team and beats the Atlanta Falcons, who, you know, a lot of people thought were the favorite to win the NFC South at the beginning of the year, I would say I would consider it probably a crazy week. You know, it was it was a pretty absurd week, actually. I'm going to take back my initial statement that it wasn't. It's, it was an absurd week. So before we get into the games, I think I have, just based off what you just said, what do you think is the main storyline or narrative for this year? Because I saw a stat that 10 different rookies have made their start this year, and I believe that's a record. So for me, this year has been watching teams kind of get rid of the old and like welcome in the new there's a lot of teams of very young quarterbacks and it just feels like the guys like I mean even Russ is kind of on the way out Matt Stafford's kind of on the way out I mean that's been kind of the story for me this year is being able to watch all these teams and all their new players young players you know Derrick Henry all that stuff getting older so it's crazy and no you're spot on it's almost a thing where it's like I want to say because it is part of it is sad but it's also very exciting. Like, whenever you're getting, like, that really new, and it does feel like a very new era is being unfolded. Yeah. Whereas, I think this was the biggest tell, like, telling point, and I think every fan would agree with this. Uh, early on in the whole Mahomes tenure, uh, it just his time in the league, when Brady was still, you know, when it was Brady was still, like, the guy, but Mahomes was coming on. That was the feeling, is it's like, Mahomes is the young guy, man. Right. Like, this is the young gun. And now you're looking at the spectrum of the league, and you're like, man, Mahomes is the killer. Him, like, Burrow, you're like, Mahomes Allen, yeah. is... Like, the, the guy that – most of these guys are even younger. Like, it's like things got weird fast. Yeah. Like, Mahomes is the guy now, and on not just levels the talent, but he's also, like, got the experience. He's, so things shifted really quick. He went from being the young gun to, like, the old veteran legend, but he's not even old I at all. Talking about two young guns, Tennessee at Pittsburgh. <sighs> Let me ask you this. Is George Pickens' behavior worse than Anthony or Antonio Brown? I'll, all right, look, like that's a hilarious question. Number one, I have to address it's like a hilarious question. I'll say this. Look, no, no, not, not yet. Because if he literally had some like egregious nonsense, we won't even go back into. And if you bad. if you don't know about all of it, you might not like. But there was some crazy, there was some crazy chapters in like the AB era. It was, and bad. it still is even ongoing to an extent. I feel like he's toned it down a lot though. But. But th- what I'm going to say is this George Pickens shit, you know how, how wrong it rubbed me when I was texting you guys about it initially. <laughs> like, my, here, here's my thing that's really frustrating about a situation like this. Especially, I'm sure, look, Steelers fans can agree completely. Look, you're, 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 you're above 500 by two games right now. Yeah. You're a team that's, uh, in my opinion, uh, exceeding expectations. A young team that has to keep gelling together. And you're going to go take the situation and make it about yourself? As if, too, the man literally completely had a... A brain cramp, and on the reason he didn't have a touchdown himself. Yeah, like he would have been on the board, and it's like so. There's so many things. Let wrong me ask with you. This. I'm being I'm being nice to him right now. I'm gonna be clear. I'm be, you know me. I, I could yeah. I'm being nice. This is as nice as I could lay it out. Let me ask you this, okay? Because a lot of players say that they can tell when someone can play. George Pickens can play. Like George Pickens can play ball. He he should have been in bounds in that touchdown. But what if he just? What if they just know Kenny Pickett is not the guy? I mean, like. He's in, what, his second year? It's just like, if they know he's not the guy, George Pickens probably feels like, okay, bro, like, I'm trying to get paid too. So it's like, if you suck, I'm not getting paid. I don't want to be here. 
See, that's the thing, though. And I, that, like, that probably is how he's looking at it. I'm going to be clear. Like, yeah, that's probably the case. And also, because th th here's the thing. That's why you can't even go from the angle of, like, oh, well, he's, he's just trying to win. If they lost the game, anybody could pull that stunt. But it's like, then you can't really pull that stunt. It's really not about the winning. It's about wanting to have to contribute highly to the win. But to that point, why else, to what you're saying, why else would that be? It's for money. Here's my thing. Look, you, you know, you choose the kind of teammate you're going to be, right? Like, if you want to come out here and make your brand so that you're making more money than everyone else, and that's your only goal out here, yeah. I don't know. It just seems like uh, the championship goal comes second then, and that's the whole kind of thing when you want to be that type of person. Oh, I'm just an no, alarm merchant. No, you're good. I, every episode, I'm just an alarm merchant. But you, look, and back, so back to the thing. You got what I'm saying. It's like, I get him. I get his. I, I get the sentiment that you want to contribute and you want to be a big contributor. Even yeah. if it's not just for the money, it's just for, oh, I want to contribute. But as long as you're getting the win and you did the blocking you had to do, all the things that don't show up, Hey, you still mate, you still contributed to the win, and if you don't think your teammates can look at it that way, and you're not looking at it that way, then it's a whole mess even in of itself. You know, there, there's so many things I could say. I'm I, I'm gonna let you go from here, but every person that has listened to this podcast, this episode has more yards than George Pickens did that game against Tennessee. He had negative one yards. Now, here is something that I want to talk about, okay? Because if you're the Steelers, really, what? do you do going forward with Kenny Pickett? Do you, you, I, I mean, obviously you ride it out with him this year, but like, I think it's kind of like a, a pretty quick consensus that Kenny Pickett is just not. Here's what's so working. weird about him though. This is why it does not make any sense. And it's crazy because this was the narrative going into week one this year. It still is. It's, it's like, how is this still the thing? Right. right. And I even said, if this is still a, problem it's going to be a problem because it's cool when you're a rookie but look here's the issue now he only comes alive in the fourth quarter why is that like why is he like the most clutch qb in the league but he doesn't turn it on until the fourth quarter right makes no sense I, and and we can keep blaming how terrible the steelers offense is and all these things about the run game and the play calling i'm not sitting here excusing any of that either but like you're saying the reality situation is and i think plenty of steelers fans would actually disagree with us that's what's weird is if i'm understanding correctly a lot of steelers fans i think that they're still like really on the train my thing is, look, can Kenny Pickett get you to the playoffs? And can he, like, obviously win you some games? There's no doubt about it. But you know what it's always going to go back to. And everyone already knows what I'm going to say next. It's the promised land thing. Like, does he give you an, a high likelihood of, of getting it done unless you have, like we say, the perfect roster? But then when you put the perfect roster, then, oh, then his value drives up and then you got to pay him and then you can't repay. Like, if you don't have the actual guy that's worth the money that you're going to end up paying him no matter what, I use Daniel Jones as my example, then everything's going to crumble and you pay them what they're valued at. And then you get what I'm saying here. So, yes, it's like, where do they go from here? They're either going to stick with it, end up having to pay him eventually, or not pay him. But at that point, then, this roster is just getting older. They have a great defense, but time's ticking. And it's, it is, they're in a, uh, a relatively interesting situation for sure. I just, the thing with the Steelers to me is I just don't trust them to ever beat like a truly elite team that could put up like 30 points. Like, if you're putting up 30 points, you're beating the Steelers. Their defense is really good. But it's just something that I feel like you're just going to be hampered by the quarterback play. Because, like, 160 yards and a touchdown, it got it done. But, like... <laughs> well, they're going to... This is what I say, I too. Let's just be realistic. Kenny Pickett, in all likelihood, in any given situation, no matter when the Steelers would go on a on a potential bolt run, would have, he'd have to win four games in a row for them. There's just no it's other way around it. Because they're not going to be the no. one seed. No. Like, right, like, at least in the next foreseeable future. No. So it's like... I mean, is it going to happen? You know me. Likely not. Like, is there a slim percentage chance that crazy things could happen and you could have a miracle run with them? 
for sure. But it's like the likelihood of that happening versus if you get him a better replacement. But again, that's where the issue comes in. Is this better replacement thing is never easy because then you got to sacrifice assets or you got to sacrifice time. And no matter what, you might have sacrificed time on the wrong guy. You might have sacrificed assets on the wrong guy. It's just, no, it, it, it's rough. But if you're a Steelers fan, at least, at least, you still have a competitive team no matter what, even in the situation with Kenny Pickett. So you can't really hang your head on it. It's just something to ponder for sure. Because again, I think a lot of Steelers fans are not with us on this, which is what makes it interesting. I, you know, if I'm understanding the consensus for what I've been seeing correctly, I think they're still pretty in on him. On the other side of the ball, Will Levis is having, I would say, a pretty good start to his career. 500 yards and four touchdowns in two starts. What do you think Titans fans should be looking forward to with Will Levis potentially being a steal at the beginning of the second round? Well, I'll say there's no doubt. I think you'd agree with me that he looks for sure like I would even it's weird to even say steal because he should have actually been. I mean, you know, he second early second round normally you're like it's pretty good for but I get what you're you know, it is. He is a steal for because of the fact that he fell and all that. But regardless, this is the thing. He's showing the flashes, in my opinion, with arm talent. That's the main thing. With arm talent that Kenny Pickett's definitely not showing you. Even in this game, there's specifically some times where, you know, Will is, is really driving that ball to his receivers. Like, really driving it in tight windows. And the receivers can't make a plan even sometimes. Where it's like, okay, they're still not, you know, they're not used to this this new gunslinger they got back there that's going to be throwing fastballs at them all the time. Right. But it's a, it's a very real skill that it's not, you know, it's not easy to have. That's not something that every QB has. Whether you have accurate ball placement and all these other traits that, you know, Kenny has good traits like that and all, you know, Kenny and Kenny's a good deep ball. There's things about him you got to love. But the velocity that Will's putting on that ball and those strikes that he's throwing, that's that to me, that's the big difference right now you can already see. Is it's like Will can really drive that thing into a tight window. With a guy like Kenny, that's another thing. In my opinion, it's a big disadvantage you get with a guy like him is he just doesn't drive it necessarily just just fast enough where it's like you, you just miss a, a fraction of the windows that you get with a guy like Will. And it's nice to have from a game plan perspective if you're the offensive coordinator. I think that's definitely something that Titans fans should look forward to because, I mean, if you really look at it, where have they had that star quarterback? Like, they had those years for Tannehill, but, I mean, they may truly have something special here in Will Levis because when you saw, like you're talking about those, the strength on the deep balls, some of those balls, like the ball placement, like the finesse he has when he throws the ball, it it just looks different. Like, you can see it on screen, like, kind of. I mean, like, I'm not trying to compare the two, but... It's kind of what you see with Stroud and why Stroud is so good. The ball placement is incredible. It's only where his receiver can get it. So I actually even say it like this. I'll even one up it too. I was you know what I thought you were gonna say. The way he's driving the ball right now, a lot reminds me of like when Josh Allen did his best. And you're like, Josh is right, he put it there. You know what I mean? And it's like because yeah, yeah. what I love too that Will does a lot, and I you know, Titans fans are sure have already noticed this. It's like he he definitely doesn't really let you in on his key right away. Like he's always trying to lead you away from where he's going to throw the ball a lot of times. Like he's always like looking people off or he's like giving a subtle pump and then he's going back. And that's the type of shit you got to love because you, you really don't – you can teach it, but certain things like that that are just instinctual and habits, it's harder to teach where it's like he already has those habits instilled, which is awesome. Yeah. Um so, did you want to talk any bit about Jalen Warren or the Titans defense? Yeah, I was going to say, number one, uh, it's clear at this point. And I, I, it's funny because last year I'd argue with my buddy that would say this, and I would say, no, like, Najee just needs, you know, get, he's, he's got to get more comfortable. More he's got to get more healthy. Yeah. Just get him in the offense more. I'm going to say it, no. Jalen Warren and Najee, just split, split the carries. If not, give Jalen even more, not more carries than him, but give Jalen more carries than he's getting now. Like, Jalen Warren's a talented back. He's got some... Some finesse and power to him. It's a weird combo. He, you even look at it, it's a weird combo. Like, it's, it's awesome. Give that man the ball more. 
he makes an impact on the offense when he does. You know, give that man the ball more. And uh, I just thought it was interesting, though, with this game. You know, no matter what, it, like like I said, Kenny Pickett still is very clutch, too. Like, it's just like last thing. I already talked about it, but it's just weird because with the Steelers and everything, he's still got a clutch quarterback. So the Steelers are still—this what's weird is I still think the Steelers, they're still a playoff team. The AFC North as a whole, like all playoff teams or something. I mean, it's ridiculous. I, you know, weird situation over there in Pittsburgh, but— yeah, Pittsburgh, I'm interested to see if they make the playoffs and how far they can go. The game really wasn't a shootout, and neither was Miami-Kansas City. And let me ask you this. Can the Dolphins not beat good teams? They're 6-0 and versus teams that are under 500 and 0-3 versus teams that are over 500. So, you know, I've been thinking about this. I don't think it's necessarily, like, that they can't. And let me be clear. You know, I'm not going to sit here and sympathize with them. Like, as of right now... If you were looking at the fraud radar, like everyone's going to say, like, and everyone's been saying, like, yeah, they're definitely peeping on that fraud radar because of what's been going down, what's transpired. But it's more like, you know, I do think that they can do it. Yeah. But, again, no, I'm, I'm going back and forth. But it's like, then realistically, you ask yourself, like, is this going to be the year that they lift the Lombardi? Probably not. Because, realistically, again, they're going to have to go four in a row, very likely. And if you can't even get one consistently right now against the good teams— yeah, chances of you going to get four in a row is going to be really, really, really slim. So I think, if anything, it's more indicative that, like, yes, this Dolphins team is really good and really talented, but this isn't the team that's going to go do the whole thing. Not that it can't happen soon, and I think it's, it very well could happen soon. If anything, though, I just, again, I think it's just an indicator of how much is still missing. And that they are still, they are a great team, but they're just missing a few more things. That's really all it's saying. When, they, when you match them up with the big dogs— they're very generally, it's too, it's not even like they're getting blown out or anything really more, like more than ones or, you know, it's not like the consistently, it's just, they're missing a few punches, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're not, they're hanging in there just enough and they're not being the one that's landing the final blow, but it's like, they just need a little more. Do you think it's because they're relying too much on their pass game? I don't know. Again, like I said, and it's funny because I know, Bradley, like recently, I know they weren't earlier in the year, but with A-chan out, I Again, it's saying it's, it's, it sounds weird, but I'm going to stick to it, and everyone's going to probably, especially Dolphins fans, probably disagree with me a lot right now. But I don't care. I'm sticking with this 100%. Uh, I think the biggest difference right now between them, it's weird because that's the thing, is it? No, I was going to say I was going to say the Chiefs, but then I took it back because no, it's like you got Chris Jones up the middle. My thing, they have Bradley Chubb's really coming to his own, really good, really good pass rusher, and then Jalen, you know, Jalen Phillips, really good pass rusher. But again, they need the elite. Like, that elite game record not that they don't chips. have. They, yeah, they don't have the elite game record. And that's what it, that, that is what it comes down to. I truly do believe. Give the Dolphins a absolute game-wrecking D-lineman. That would be the tipping point for them. They don't have it right now. And that's, I think, going to keep being the thing. If they don't get it this offseason, we'll see how we're, see where it goes. Or if Jalen Phillips or Bradley Chubb doesn't take that step. But again, if anything, at this point in their career, Jalen's going to be the guy to take the elite step. Because Bradley's already been around long enough. But he's seen Bradley's been a good pass rusher for a long time. Really good pass rusher for a long time. But yeah, exactly. You need someone to turn into the elite status. They kind of held the Chiefs up at first. Like it was it was a tough game even though the Chiefs won, but in my opinion, what was so what was the most surprising thing for you about the Chiefs this game? The fact that how well their defense played against an explosive Miami team or the fact that they were able to win when their offense isn't really operating at top gear. Well, no, so that's what's funny is I'm going to go back to this right away because you were saying it, and I do agree with in this game specifically 100%. Like, they didn't run the ball enough, 
and them not running the ball enough is probably why they lost this game specifically, right? They let the Chiefs hang in this, not hang in it, they let them take it because of the fact, too, that when they were, right, like, okay, here's the stat that needs to be announced, right? Raheem Mostert, 7.1 yards a carry. Every other running back did play poorly. Get Raheem the ball, keep running those zone runs you were running, especially at the end of the game. You Things look great, but they abandoned it for whatever reason. I don't know what the situation was. Whatever the whatever the case, that's why I do believe this game specifically the Dolphins sold themselves because, yeah, they didn't go to the run game when they needed to, relied a little too much on Tua, and, you know, again, I don't think it, it it's, what does this say about the team or what does it say about them specifically? I don't know, but I think you could apply it to both of them. I think maybe for Mahomes and Tua playing in this interesting environment, I don't know, maybe just threw them off a little bit because you could say both of them necessarily didn't have their best game, right? You know, it's Mm-mm. like... Not to make excuses for anybody, but definitely a little bit of an interesting situation. Like, where they played the game and everything. Oh, yeah. And the way you got to travel. Early games, yeah, jet I, lag. I think, too, what I wanted to point out about this game, and it's been the thing with the uh, Dolphins. I said this before earlier. I don't. I have to go back and look specifically which games it has been. But when teams play really well against the Dolphins or beat them, we can use the Patriots as an example, too. They didn't, you know, like, where you like, play them close. You got to get hands on the receivers right away. Early on in the play, you got to get them off. Get him off timing. That's the only way you can beat this team. Not be, That's not the—I can't say the only, but I'm going to say that's the main way you're going to beat this offense. Certainly. So, at this point, yeah, the, the blueprint's out. Talking about jet lag, Josh Dobbs just flew into Minnesota and beat the Atlanta Falcons. Well, he flew into Minnesota and then went to Atlanta and beat the Atlanta Falcons. So, let me ask you this question. And it's probably funny. Can Josh Jobs be the future franchise QB for the Vikings? I think, realistically, no. I think he's definitely the guy that you're going to, I think they're going to ride him out, though, as long as they can here. You know, because it was like, I know they were saying that they're going to have, what, Nick Mullins coming back soon, mm-hmm. and that, that, you know, okay, so we'll have there, we'll have a couple guys, and maybe, you know, Nick's been around longer on the roster, so maybe he can get the nod. Well, after what Josh did. And I think even you could go back to some moments on the Cardinals. Again, we talk about how poor the roster has been and everything, the way it's been constructed. Look, Josh was doing what he had to do out there, right? Yeah, he he gets reckless. Let's acknowledge for what it is. The man gets reckless. The man has some a little bit of crazy tendencies sometimes. But again, he's like a part-time astronaut, scientist, what a combo, and he's a part-time football player. Like, you, you got to take what comes with it. He's obviously a smart guy. He obviously, I mean, what he did out there is legendary. That's what yeah. we got to talk about it. Look, legendary. You talk about on, on the scale of legendary performances, where does this rank? The the game where the man came in on no notice, not even knowing his teammates' names, not knowing the playbook, having the plays explained to him mid-play, that he was playing real-life Madden. Like, Madden that you would be playing if they made, a like, a virtual simulation at, like, a Dave & Buster's or something. That was, like, the Josh Dobbs experience. He went out there and made it work. Like, how can you not respect that, though? It's it, That's incredible. And for this year, if you're a Vikings fan, does he give you a shot to go to the playoffs potentially? I would say like slim, but like it's there. It's there. It's going to be hard to do with no run game. If Cam Akers, long, if the season started today, yeah, were they where they're in right? The Vikings, I believe they're, so. they're either in or one game out or tied. I mean tied for on like a you know what I mean where one team gets a tip. D- double check this for me. Yeah, but so it's like they're right there right now, and yeah, it's not like again in terms of chances, it's not like a high chance. But if you're a Vikings fan, you're in there still swinging. So, as I look this up, let me ask you about the other side of the ball. Why does Art Smith hate good players? Oh, so, our narrative's cooking, isn't it? Yeah, they are the seventh seed. Oh, man. Look, our narrative's cooking, bro. And it's crazy because, again, we, we like Art Smith, you know? Like, I, like it, it's funny, though, because I'm starting to realize, and I think it's what makes this uh, suck so much, 
is that maybe I'm starting to realize that the thing we the things we fuck with about Art Smith is also just part of the fact that he's just like he's so serious that it's goofy. It's like all yeah. the things it's just Art Smith. But now it's like, no, now we're not questioning nothing. We're questioning the decisions. We're questioning what we're seeing is transpiring. We're seeing yeah, I don't he hates star players, apparently. He has Art Smith a perennial forced six man like not the six man that, en- that enjoys the role like was he hooping in, in middle school high school and his force was coach was forcing him like four six man role because this man hates star players he doesn't want to give him no shine he's trying to make everybody the six man this is unbelievable behavior i think this is what we talk about a lot with gms where it's like don't try to be the smartest guy in the room like he said well it's better if teams scheme up for three guys opposed to one yeah but if your best players are aren't consistently having the ball in their hands, you're kind of not as good of a team as you could be. I mean, that's the reality of it. I'll use this too. How about this? Right? Hear me out. Yes, it is harder to an extent to have the game plan for a lot of guys. But I think that's more to the extent where you're just getting more guys on the field. They don't even have to be getting tons of, like like, the, like Art Smith will like, get a lot of targets and a lot of attention. Even just bringing guys out makes you have to account for them. And, Here's my other piece. If you're putting tape out of the plays that you want and you want to run in the future at some point with these different guys, like, it doesn't matter that it's different guys. Like, they're still going to see the tape regardless. And then when that guy comes out, you only know you have a limited sample size on what plays that they know and run. So you're like, oh, well, that guy's out. Like, well, we know we saw him do this and this and this, and we didn't see him do this, this, and this that we saw the other guys doing. So logically, it's like, well, then we're going to have a pretty good key on what to expect. Am I wrong? I mean... No, you're not wrong. I really don't understand i mean uh bright spot for atlanta has been their defense though which no, is for sure new, which is nice which is also what was interesting about this game that they let the vikings cook them up the way they did talking about another team that got cooked up on sunday the arizona cardinals lost to the cleveland browns 27 to nothing not that surprising they started a rookie quarterback in clayton tune who had 58 yards and two interceptions you would have liked to see deshaun watson ball out a little bit more but my question for you, Dobbs, is with the Browns playing how they are now, how deep can they go in the playoffs? Playing like they are right now. You know, again, it's weird because you got to throw them in the same category as a lot of different teams that have like that, that scrappy defense. But you just don't know how you feel about the quarterback situation. Like it's like, again, realistically, with Deshaun having to go and win four playoff games in a row. I just don't even feel like two. We haven't. Even, I almost feel like like I, I'm comfortable saying this point. I haven't even seen like enough of Deshaun yet this year to even have much of an opinion yet. Like, how about the last two starts better than the beginning? So it's like at least we're like trending upward. Right. It's almost like I'm not even ready to say yet because I feel like I haven't even seen enough of Deshaun this year with the, actually in a good functioning situation now in the Browns where it's like I'll be ready to answer this in like two or three more weeks as long as he doesn't get injured again or miss any time. But as of right now, again, I still stand where I stood with them for the whole year. They are a team. They're the dark horse. Like, they could go and make a run at it. Is it likely? No. But it's likely that they could make noise, I would say. Like, at least upset one person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, I do think that the Browns will make some noise. Even, yeah, I mean, even with the really injured O-line, they played okay. Obviously, the run game, not amazing. But I think, you know, with their defense... They obviously wreaked havoc on a very weak Cardinals team, but they continue to be dominant week in and week out. No, they do. I, so, all right, so here's what's funny. <coughs> Again, the Browns, that's why I said, coming into a hole, 
Amari Cooper, you know, out the gates, a little inconsistent, a little inconsistent. Look, last two weeks, 11 receptions, 228 yards, a touchdown. Browns had seven total sacks. But again, back to the thing with the Cardinals, it's like, this is this is not the uh, situation for Clayton Toon. This is not the type of way you want to bring someone in and start their career. And it doesn't really make any sense. This Justin Fields vibes. No, I mean, I genuinely want to talk about this. This is something I was really interested in. Tell me what about this situation in any way made sense. Because... He okay. Stick with me for a sec. Okay. We're assuming that the Cardinals in no way were trying to tank because why were they? I mean, it realistically, like, the, no, I don't think that's the situation. Like, they beat the Cowboys. They've been playing competitive games all year. Right. Um, it, you know, like, it, you get my point. It, Kyle's coming back, and so then on top yep. of that, here's where the question arises. It's like, well, why? Number one, what was the point of trading Josh Dodds? Because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I guess okay, getting value for him. But hear me out. My, I guess my thing or anything was the point of benching him in the sense of remember how uh, yeah, yeah. Gannon said I, I I got the tape and I didn't like the tape and I'm gonna give now we're starting Clay like I'm just wondering like what was the direction with any of that because I, you actually thought Clayton was gonna come in and like do better than Josh was I, I guess that's just my main question at this point my honest opinion I think they almost felt too confident in Dobbs to not command the tank. So they had to say, like, they didn't like the tape, so it wasn't like they're benching a guy that's actually making them competitive. But that's my thing. That's why this doesn't make any sense, because Kyler's coming back. Yeah, so, so it's like, if you, if you had any, yeah. any any idea this was even a possibility, what would be the point of even, like, trying to take him in the first place? See, this part doesn't make sense to me. I, I think you have to let Kyler play. I think Kyler wants to play. I think he wants to prove to people that he's worth the money. Um, but as a as the future of the franchise, I don't know if that's necessarily your best option considering they currently hold the number one overall pick. And, I mean, regardless if you take a quarterback here or not, which I actually don't think they would, I actually think they're going to trade back because they really need to have a lot of assets and build their team. This potentially moves you out of a spot where you have a ton of leverage by playing Kyler Murray. No, that is very true. And I agree. Like from the perspective of like what I would be doing, from the just thing is, I would have that would have been my thing from the jump. That's yeah. why I think the way the Cardinals have managed this kind of fucked themselves. Because now you get everyone's hopes up, and I'm gonna go back to this one. This is why I'm getting at with why I think they fucked themselves. Because now, you know, look, like the average fan, like uh, that's about the average fan here. I'm talking in terms of guys that you're trying to sell that are gonna be buying out boxes with their companies. You know, I'm talking people fill out events, give the stadium, give the give the team money consistently through. You know, what I'm saying people yeah. are going to the game. So look, the reality situation is when dudes show up to the game, they go, "This is my team, and I want to see them win." So here, my point I'm getting at. So the Cardinals have one, two, three, four more home games this year, and it's like you already got the fans hyped that Kyle's coming back. Kyle says he wants to come back, and and he, if you bring him back. You're probably going to sell a lot of tickets those games. Right. Versus, like, if you don't play them now, it's like nobody's going to come watch you. Like, what's really, realistically, what is the point of how, like, what, why is anyone going to come to Cardinals games at this point? You this know year? they're tanking. They're getting ready for next year. So, that ex- it, where it's like, if, yeah, exactly. If you, it's like if you play Kyler, at least you can sell out a, probably a lot of tickets, sell out a lot of, you not sell out the games, but sell a lot more than you would be. Bring in money this year. I do agree. The best case scenario for long term is probably just to not play them. But here's my thing, too, is then you also know exactly what you have where it's like, are we getting rid of him this year or are we keeping him? Because it's like, we're going to see if he's really healthy and he comes back and he looks really good and sharp again. Or it's like, nah, I don't want to stick around Kyler. And yeah, you're losing leverage and you might as go to a draft pick, but at least you know for certain. You know, silver lining. Just trying to look at it from both ends. I agree, though, no matter what. Your, your way is definitely the tank way is the way with the Cardinals the way they're built right now. Kyler, possibly the franchise quarterback for the Cardinals. Talking about another franchise quarterback. Can Sam Howell be a top 10 QB in the NFL? 
two straight weeks of 300 plus passing yards. Well, again, so we keep saying, bro, like, you know, we're going through the era change. Things change quick. I mean, not right now. But in the next couple years, if he keeps growing this fast, I gotta say, it seems like it's it's been pretty fast growth. You know, like it was very very quickly. I was kind of like, you know, he showed me the flashes the first couple weeks, and then against Buffalo when they had that stinker against Buffalo, the, the this absolute shit show. Brutal. I was like, no, like he he fooled me, he tricked me, you know, yada yada. Grew up a lot from that game really quick. Has really shown many of those same mistakes more than a few couple times, if anything, since then. Where I'm like, all right, you know, kids growing up quick. And that's what's crazy. Calling him a kid, but it's like he is. He's how old is Sam Howell? Hold on, like quick. Sam Howell's young. He was Let a me get it. Pick. I would say he's twenty three. Okay. Sam Howell's twenty three. It's like crazy. But again, you're building around a young guy, and I think the way that the team talks about him, it, it speaks for itself. Like Jonathan Allen was saying, like Sam Howell's our guy. We route Sam Howell. I don't. I feel like you don't really often see that with a guy drafted in Sam Howell's position, unless that that they really believe it. Well, kind of even like remember with Jalen Hurts. It was kind of like that's what yeah. I compare to, where nobody really even around the Eagles believed in him early on, but it was like, not to even compare Sam to him in that aspect, but you get what I'm saying, where it's like, you're not sure, but the Eagles were kept saying, like, no, that's our guy. Like, that guy, Jalen, that's our guy, man. Like, and even if you're like, I don't know if I believe yet. Like, they believed in it, and I think that's the most important thing you can ask for. Yeah, I think the players obviously will know. I, I think it's more reliable to rely on what players say than what coaches and front offices say. Yeah, certainly, because the difference is is that the player is not directly tied to being fired or keeping their contract with said team. Right. They can get traded. They can go sign with someone else on no one without having it be a huge issue and having it be a huge news story. You get what I'm saying? It, it is to an extent, but not for every player. And you, you get what I'm saying? No, with the I, coach. There's got to be some reason. I understand. I mean, they have you know mediocre line. They have a good play caller in Eric Bieniemy. They have weapons for him to throw to. Like it, it is a fairly favorable situation for Sam Howell, which is not necessarily a knock on him, but to say basically that he's in a good situation and the year before he was taken, he was supposed to be a first round pick. So the commanders may have gotten a steal in him and a team that did not get a steal in their quarterback is Mac Jones, who has just looked brutal this year. Yeah, and let's be clear. This is where I think it's funny, though, because you see the, the the Mac Jones apologists, they still roll my seal a little bit, but that's not <laughs> as crazy as the beginning of the year. Because this, hear me out. Yes, is the Patriots offense a just joke? And is there minimal skill position value? And is there all these issues with the O-line? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, literally, absolutely. But on top of it, back to the thing that we're going to make the uh, narrative here shortly when we get into one of these teams when it's time. But if you have the guy... Right, like it doesn't matter how poor the situation is or any of this. You will see multiple flashes often. Yes, the and there will be, but you'll see the multiple flashes often. With Mac, let's be real. When is the last time that you were like, "That's that flash"? Like that's just an elite, elite moment from Mac. Just like I it just doesn't happen you. because that's the thing is yes, at this moment, in this moment in time, he's a pedestrian QB in the league. Yeah, we, I mean he's been injured a few times. Things changed. The regime keeps changing. His offense keeps changing. I don't blame him for for being in a terrible situation. That's the thing is, it's not even his fault. It, and, and and yes, could he go somewhere else and find much more success than he is finding in New England? Like for sure. But right now, just right now, it's a joke. Yeah. And obviously, you don't have a ton of skill on the Patriots' offense. Demario Douglas had a good game. Ramondre had a good game. Almost like not his first of the year, but definitely his best of the year. I would say Demario Douglas for a six round pick. If you're a Patriots fan, you gotta love the value you got. I mean, they can't draft receivers high, so if you can get them in the end of the rounds, 
more props to you. Um, going from old or young to old, what does the Rams' future look like? Do you keep or do you move on from Stafford? You got to move on. Because, again, you know, I, I'm, I'll admit it. Clown moment. Clown moment. I'm a clown. How about this? Ha-ha. <laughs> no, the, the Rams sold me early on, right? Like, I was sold again. Like, some way, somehow, like, maybe could they find themselves like, a wild card spot and, like, keep fighting behind Matt. Again, if Matt was able to, like, be Superman and be out there every single week, like, just maybe, just maybe somehow, some way, like, they might be able to turn out, like, eight or nine wins. But he's not. And he, we know he's dealing with these long-term injuries. That's another thing on top of it. Like, no matter how good of roster you put around him, you don't really... He's like a ticking time bomb himself, unfortunately. Legendary QB, you gotta love him, you know. Like, he's done a lot of great things. But at this point in time, he's taking time bomb. And, again, it's a really weird situation because McVay's on the new contract, you know. But all his guys are seemingly gonna be out the door soon. I mean, like, the only way that they hold on to Cup and Donald is if they basically agree, like, no, I don't want to go anywhere else. Like, I actually just only want to play on the Los Angeles Rams. And if you trade me, I'm going to retire. Or if you tra- – I mean, just, even if you, I will just get – I'll just going to retire before you even trade me type thing. Like, which is not going to happen for Cup especially. I'm talking – that's more of an Aaron Donald thing. You get my point. With I know the whole thing with AD was like, oh, I don't know if I want to keep – all right, whatever. With AD, I get it. But with Cup, it's like, realistically, why would Cup not at this point? It's, it's, tr- it's trending to, like, Cup's going to have to be the guy that they want to get a lot of value quick. And he's getting older. Like, you only have value on Cup so much longer. He's, he's injury-prone. Like We talked about this earlier, but, like, moving him and Donald probably at the deadline would have been their best option. Yeah, it is. Because no one's trading stung, for Stafford. It would have stung like shit, but this is where it's funny. This is why, this is why I laugh, and it's, it's true. With, with people, like, they love delaying the inevitable. Yeah, it would have stung a lot, but it's just going to sting more now in the future. Like, you, you just delayed the inevitable process of it stinging when they have to leave. Like, you could have gotten it done halfway through the year, said, oh my God, that year sucks so much. And then by the end of the beginning of next year, you have a whole new bundle of hope. You have a whole new direction in place and it's already, like you ripped the bandaid off. But yeah. now that's, it's just, you delayed that exact situation. From my point of view. The nice thing is like, there are promising pieces on the Rams offense, Nakua and Kyron Williams. But then you also have like a young kind of, I don't want to say explosive, but kind of quality pieces on defense for the Rams. I was gonna say I had to give a shout out to Kobe Turner and Byron Young, like home runs this year and home runs in the mid rounds for sure. Like you, that's why that's exactly to the had to add to your point. It's like it's not it's a it is a terrific time to do it. Those guys are gonna be wanting money in three four years when this rookie contract's up. Keep building around those type of guys now, and try to build a contending roster in three four five years. But now you just delayed it a whole other year. So do you think that's what? the Packers will be doing if they don't sell I don't know I, I don't know what to do with this Packers team I see, I'll, I'll say this you know if you're a Packers fan it was a beautiful week last week for you because Jordan Love actually gave you some hope right like that was definitely I would say you can't say the best week because I would say the week against the Bears or week two we threw three touchdowns and no interceptions those are both pretty good weeks right yeah but I'd say from a value of like making good tight window throws and being consistent good in the pocket I think I'd say this might have been his best game so far yet so you know Aaron Jones is looking a little bit better. I think that's the thing, too. Get Aaron Jones back in here. Get Aaron Jones consistent reps. I think it's a having a guy like him is just nice for a QB, right? Like, it's just kind of a nice security blanket. He just gives you an extra layer of comfort. Keep a, keep Aaron Jones out there. You know, it's been a thing with injuries and how many reps he can get. If he can keep getting good reps, get Aaron Jones out there. Seriously. Yeah, another piece I really like on the Packers that I don't think a lot of people talk about a lot. I actually think maybe in a year or two, Luke Musgrave is going to be like a really, really good weapon for them. Um, unfortunately for me, but 
you know, 250 yards and a touchdown, 27 receptions. You can tell Matt LaFleur wants him in the game plan. So, I mean, if you're a Packers fan and Love happens to be you got be the guy, you have kind of a security blanket in Musgrave who LaFleur has consistently put in the game plan to get targets. He's just a huge target, too. I mean, he's a humongous target. Like, that's exactly why Jordan Love loves going to him, too, in certain situations, because, yeah, he is just a humongous target. And I do think that's going to be a connection that will keep growing. Talking about tight ends, moving in, staying in the NFC North, is Cole Komet a top three tight end? See, it, like, hold on, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. I'll say, no. I, he's cracking his way more and more up the list, though. He's for sure cracking his way more and more up the list. I mean, I don't even know exactly how to rank him right now. I, I, if I started doing it on the side, I'll just take up too much time and I'll start, we'll start rambling. I'll, I'll look it up, keep talking but, about but, it. But yeah, I think, but here's my thing. The catches that he made this game, and especially the first—I mean, we know the one over Tyron Matthew. I mean, he—he. He, side note, uh, from a matchup standpoint, uh, Dennis, I don't know how having a five-nine guy and a six-six guy is ever a play. I don't know. What, I don't really know what was going on with that. Have Jordan Howden in on those specific moments. Have, if we're gonna, if we're gonna go one-on-one, with, have Jordan Howden in there. Anyways, but yeah, Tyron Matthew, he bagged him, and he. But Cole Komet, great blocker, good route runner, good hands. Cole Komet's definitely making his way up the list, and he's consistent. And I said, this was one of my nerves when the contract got signed. There was a lot of people saying it was an overpay. No. Especially the way tight ends are starting to get paid and the way tight ends produce for offense. If you have one of them, you got to take care of them. Especially because how much dirty work they do. you gotta, you got to let them know that you appreciate them. Yeah, no. I mean, Cole Komet right now, he is only at 374 yards, but I believe... He is second in touchdowns this year. Does that sound right to you? I mean, that's what it's showing me. Yeah. He's right behind Mark Andrews, ahead of Travis Kelsey. Um, it was he, the red zone breakout, like we were calling. Yeah, he, he is really a target in the red zone, and it's not even just when they're like at the goal line. Like he can go up and get it. He's not gonna like destroy you, like in terms of like his skill. But he's physical enough where he'll get he'll get the ball and he'll bring it down over a smaller defender. Oh, absolutely. He's got a humongous frame. That's why I, that's why I loved him so much when you guys took him. Like, uh, Correct me here if I'm wrong. What, um, I'll just ask you straight because I always mix it up. What round did you guys get him I in? believe it was the second I'll round. I'll say second round. I remember he was potential first round like type of talent. Yeah. I think you guys got him for great value, and as such, you paid him with great value. Bears fans got a good one for sure. So the guy throwing him the ball started off pretty good to commit. He started off scaring me a little bit. Scaring you how? Because I was like, damn, is he really about to cook us like this? Dan, getting cooked by a D2 quarterback. I mean, that guy Josh McDaniels fired. <laughs> We're gonna we'll save this for well, I'm saving my I'll save my banter for later. But no, I mean it, that's why like I was scared. I genuinely scared. That like side side note, you know, I gotta give him his love. Bajan is a gamer. Like he he definitely makes plays. Yeah. I think what gets him in trouble is again, he just he doesn't have the physical tools to be able to make some of the throws that he tries to make in the time he makes. Like, he'll see something that would have worked if he had a stronger arm, but it's like by the time he tries to get it where it needs to be, it's just a little too slow, a little too much time for Paulson to Debo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jump in front of it. But it's the thing is, the way he reads the field, the way he moves in the pocket, like, he's got he's got raw skill to him for sure. And again, like a lot of people have been saying, I'm hearing it's the narrative. I'm going to ride it too. If you're Tyson, you got to be seeing yourself. No matter what, at least, dude, I'm going to be in this league for a while. Like, I got me at least backup. Like, teams are going to look at me and say I can develop him to at least trust him with the backup if worst comes to worst to step in for a couple quarters. For sure. Like, he's definitely at least that guy. 
in yeah. the NFL. Bajan definitely has a place in the league. He he is definitely I I don't want to say the best backup, but he definitely can be one of those guys who can spot start and win you a game. Um, I mean the Bears' offense had an okay day. You mentioned Dante Foreman in your notes. Man, such an underrated guy, dude. He's he's was, angry. I was surprised he wasn't picked up sooner in free agency. Are him and Pacheco related somehow? I don't know the way but they I, run. But realistically, I don't know how you sign Miles Sanders and let him walk. <sighs> yeah, you're not lying about that. Especially with uh, the that whole offense over there right now. Anyways, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. Oh yeah, it's brutal. I mean, Bears traded for Montez Sweat. They had no sacks at all this game. How do you feel about the Saints' offense? Again, I, that's what I was going to get into next. Let's, let's talk about it. Um, and, and we'll start with the, the first half defense. Like the Saints are such an, a weird team, right? Like again, this is where I don't understand us at all. We were killing the Colts, dialing up Shahid shots, you know, deep ends over the middle, whatever. whatever. Where did all that go? Like, you guys are out here playing linebackers in the middle of the field, and we just completely forgot the middle of the field exists. And on top of that, we forgot that, that Shahid exists. Take the top off at least once. Your guys, again, I know Eddie Jackson having a better year, and I know, <laughs> right, you get my bum. point. The, the safety situation of any team that I'd want to start targeting over the top, I think the Bears ranked top five. Like, of all teams that we weren't trying to go over the top on, why? Like, there's just, that's the thing that makes the Saints offense so frustrating. Oh, and we'll go to the fourth and inches where, yeah, okay, we get the first down. We can take more time off the clock. Yay. But then that just adds more risk of fumbling or some stupid shit again. We had the chance to go up two possessions on you guys. Again, the D2 rookie quarterback in his third, fourth start. What are we doing? Like, who's calling the shots around here? DA, you don't have enough faith in us to hold a 10-point lead with four minutes left against him? Like, the decision-making sometimes around everything that goes into the Saints. And I was saying before, you reminded me, Groupie, our kicker? Is the man? Let me double check. Is the man still on the roster? Because if the man's still on the roster, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, look at this shit. Yup, sure enough, still on the roster. Like, Blake, I wish you well, man. Blessings. But for the Saints, you're not consistent enough, and you're not doing your job. Like, what are we doing? The, the inconsistency of this team, if, if, if something is going to hurt this team long-term and it's, it halts us, it's going to be the inconsistency. Every Saints fan knows that there's no doubt because we go from looking I'm not going to even compare us to the Bills. We don't deserve that. We don't have those Bills weeks even. We have really good weeks, but not Bills weeks. But in terms of coming to show up one week and then the next week just falling flat, the Saints and the Bills at this point, they're doing handshakes. Like, it's ridiculous, bro. Groupie has missed five field goals so far this year. Um, Not something you want when you trade away Will Lutz, who was pretty much automatic. Yeah, he 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 has hit a like a couple rough moments over the years and a couple rough stretches but I had his faith he would come back and he did you know what I mean it's like you gotta and he was injured on and off for a long period of time like dealing with that yeah. shit as a kicker I don't know how that is but well also you got to give a shout out to the Saints defense for what they did I mean five turnovers regardless of who it is is a lot I mean I think this game says a lot more about your defense than it does your offense as it always as that's the thing as every Saints fan always knew it would for some reason we've had the worst first half defense over the last four weeks and we still make it work which is a testament to how much of the defense does make it work when they work it's just like let's not uh let's let this trend stop developing of taking xanax before the first half of the game 
and then having it wean off at the second half, and then we come in ready to kill shit because we're having withdrawals. Like, I mean, I'm trying to... I wish I was trying to be funny, but it's like the way that the games start, I'm actually convinced they're binging and they're hungover for the first half or something. I mean, it's like, it's to the point where I'm like, what are we doing here? Let's start with some energy, boys. Do you think that's a coaching issue? Because every NOLA fan wants it to be the case. And yes, that's the thing, is I'm like, look, Dennis Allen, I, I go back and forth because it's like, yeah... He has a lot of traits that I like, and he a lot of things about his defense I love, and and that the consistency of the defense and things along those lines I like. But then it, it's it's a thing about his regime where we don't show up hard enough against a lot of opponents. We don't show up early enough, and I think yeah, it goes back to Da, and it goes back to how he's a more relaxed, he, he's a more reserved dude. I'm like Da, get these dudes ready to kill shit. But enough of my Saints, enough of my Saints fans. Are you know what I'm saying? We need to start showing up early because the Saints just don't show up ready. But they're a talented team that doesn't show up ready. That's the narrative right now. Going from a close game to a complete blowout, Seattle at Baltimore. Is Baltimore the best team in the AFC? Not ready to say it yet, but I'll say that they're definitely, like, really, really close. They're as close as you could be without convincing me for sure yet. But at this point, again, the only way you can convince me is by going to beat the Chiefs. Like, I got to see you do that, and then I'll say it. So they, it's like, to, in their defense— they really can't even convince me of it. It's like, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. It, it, they're, they're, there's a guideline in place that they can't even remove right now. But they're they're a damn talented team. They're exceeding our expectations tenfold. Because we expected, I'd say, a lot from them. Yeah. I don't think we expected this this year. No, I mean, I didn't. I I honestly didn't expect the offense to get moving that quickly. No. Because we knew what the defense would be. No, I was going to say, I didn't think that, that, that it would look literally exactly as I pictured. Where I mean, basically, I think you feel the same way. Like, the run game is still dominant, but whenever Lamar is going to pass the ball and have a, an option to run it, not not all time, but whenever he's going to have a scramble, it's going to be like everybody's so down the field and every route combination is working so well, he has so much space. Like, it's right. literally exactly what you, you pictured if you were picturing the best-case scenario for the Ravens. Well, also what will kill you is, like, this is, like, how many years in a row without J.K. Dobbins and their backups just continue to produce? Like, that, they are products, not to say they're not good players, but it seems like they're products of the system that they run. And I think that also has to do with the fact of Lamar being such a threat with his legs. No, absolutely. That's the thing. is That's the first guy you're keying on. Exactly. So, in a sense, especially in the red zone, I mean, that's exactly why a guy like Gus can elevate so much because you're not even the first guy that they're keying on. With all due respect, he would say the same thing. Yeah. It, you know, you've got to take the edge with Lamar first, and it, therefore you're going to be a little out of position when they want to plow back inside. OBJ was scoring. Keaton Mitchell was going crazy. Shout to Keaton like, Mitchell, man. Yeah. I guess my thing is, like, going to the other side of the ball, you know, Geno Stone is stepping, stepping up, and it's like, our star player for real. Where do you think the Ravens defense ranks out of every team in the NFL? Like, do you think they're top three? I feel like the, the Chiefs might might be number one, crazy enough. Okay. Like the Chiefs might be actually number one. But actually, no. We're bringing back the emoji. Ravens Ravens logo, Chiefs logo, shaking hands emoji. Oh, yeah, Best okay. defense in the league right now. Okay. So it's kind of like, I don't even want to pick one. I'm just going to say Chiefs and the Chiefs and the Ravens are definitely... And that's what I think I love too. They're very unique defense. They rotate okay. a lot. You know, they bring very, they bring very unique pressures. They they bring like unique stunts. They, they win with creativity, which is a bonus points to both of them. Yeah, I want to ask you this because obviously I was kind of a hype beast for Seattle. They 49ers fans were ripping me apart. What is like? What is the thing that? 
makes this team go to the next level? Is it quarterback play? Like, what is it? Because it seems like they made up a lot of additions. Into now, in all fairness, the Lions got blown out as well. But thirty-seven to three is a big margin for someone that's supposed to be one of the best teams in the NFC. See, that's where this gets rough. Because every Seahawks fan knows it deep down too. It sucks. Like Gino's a great guy. He's tons of fun. The story, Gino. He didn't write back. It's lit. I guess. What's your other options though? That's the thing. Like, yeah, that's the issue though. Like, but again, long term, they're 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 kind of in. Let's be honest for a sec. I'm about to take off my Seahawks. Like, oh, like the Seahawks love shades for a sec. You know, we've been, yeah, we've tossed them love for a while here. Like. Take off shades for a second. Let me just like look at this completely bipartisan. If the Gino, you know, if he if he doesn't keep consistently improving, which at this point is probably not likely, and you guys ask yourself, who what's the QB situation to look like? Oh man, we gotta pay these guys and this guy and this guy and this guy, and oh man, our young guys are getting older, we gotta pay them soon. Like, what's the window right now for like where you fit in the QB with all these other guys before you gotta pay him and like it's gonna be interesting. Like that is long it's not that they're in a fuck situation, they're certainly not in fucked range. No. Because you still, at a long shot, fucking 2% shot, could go win the Lombardi, right? It's like, at this point in time, yeah, it's incredibly rare. We talk about chance all the time. Chances chances of them winning four games in a row in the playoffs, how slim is it? Incredibly slim. But you at least, are on paper, you got a shot right now. But again, things down the road here. Where does the reload, what does the reload process look like? It's going to have to happen eventually. I think they're taking the approach of like, let's build the roster. We have a guy that can win us some games you know show i mean i guess this is something that it it might be a rebuild method that not a, te- a lot of teams look to do like their team is has a really a lot of like old veterans that you can learn a lot from and then a lot of young stars so maybe their thought process is okay we have geno smith he's not going to win us the super bowl but he can get us to the playoffs we can get playoff experience for these young guys so that when they do when the old guys do retire these young guys already know how to win they already have playoff experience and then you can bring in the young quarterback into a culture where they're all about winning they have talented guys in a DK Metcalf in a Jackson Smith Ninjigma and you know they're rebuilding that legion of boom maybe this is the Seahawks plan oh, it very well could be and that's the thing is if you pay the right guys it, you know what it, it will work but it's more just about then you gotta well it only will work when you find that right guy to put behind Gino right and that's the thing too is maybe it's something to keep an eye on maybe they're gonna do that soon Jordan Love type of situation but better in their eyes yeah maybe like, well, it's going to be something to keep our eye on for sure. Talking about a team that does have the guy figured out, or so you would hope, is C.J. Stroud having the best rookie quarterback season ever? I think he is, yeah. What, it's him and Andrew Luck, right? I mean, at this point... It's got to be. Again, when I said early in the year, I said that man is... That man very well could. I didn't say he was gonna. I said he very well could break the rookie passing record, especially with that, especially with the extra game. And, man, by those comments, you would have thought that I said he's going to do a triple backflip off the Empire State Building and land it <laughs> because, I don't know, like, everybody thought I was insane. But sure enough, here we go. And and CJ looks to me like he, as long as he stays healthy, and please let the man stay healthy, please, because CJ is so much fun to watch. He's so talented. I love I, I, I love what he stands for. I love, man, CJ, I, I'm, I'm a fan, man. I'm just going to say it. Right now, it's been announced. I'm rocking with CJ Stroud. You cooked the Saints. The first time, I had to forgive him for that, but I got by it. I mean, no jokes aside, it's like, if you're the Texans, too, I mean, how lucky do you feel right now? Yeah. He fell into your lap. And on top of that, this is with Will no Anderson's run game. been really good, too. He's not elite yet or anything, but he's been really good. And you got to love what you've seen, if you're from, especially from the fact that he's a rookie. And you're like, hold on a minute. We still got all of this. You know, like, hold on a minute. We, we still got all of this 
room to build in the future. All these guys that are young. I think, yeah, you're probably looking at, if anything, if you're a Texas fan, you're, you're the, the O-line. You're like, we got a lot of work to do here. But at least he makes it work with them. And so it's right. like, what is this going to look like when we put around a great unit? Like, I mean, it's only up. He's overperforming with the receiving quarter that he has. I mean, Tank Dell is looking like a, like a beyond a steal. I, is it, it's starting to look like, and Nico looked, and Nico already looked really, really good. Dalton Schultz, too. But now it's like out of nowhere, like Tank's over here, and he's like, hold on a minute, I might be even more talented than Nico, and Nico already showed he's really talented. Like, wait, and like we said, the Texans, we just thought John Mechie was going to be the guy to sneak in and be like that one, two. Yeah. With, hey, you know what? If John could sneak in here now in the next couple years, too, or however the case is, they, they draft that next guy, you got a three headed, four headed punch, and it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. So, like you said, too, with, um, with Schultz. Yeah. Man, they're, it, the Texans, that, that's like, you're in, that situation where like this isn't our this isn't our time now, but in that three four future year window, like we're gonna be those guys. Yeah, and I think to say this if is they do like it right. yeah, it's unfortunate for the Buccaneers because their offense actually played really well. It was their defense that let them down, and at the end of the day, like what you got from this offense today is probably your ceiling. But it's like you need to be able to count on your defense, especially with a defensive head coach. To not allow the team, the other team, to score 39 points when you put up 37. No, yeah. I mean, again, with the Bucks, I think the narrative just is what it is with them, right? It's like they didn't sell out at the deadline to who were we just going to compare it to? I was, I was gonna, the Rams. Like, yeah. you had the chance to be like literally both in the same exact situation. They are literally like back to the handshake beam. They're the handshake beam. <laughs> you got the job done. Yeah. You got the banner. The banner's going to fly forever. And you could have reloaded now when there's like less pressure on you because you already just done it and then now you can reload it. And now it's like you just you both just delayed the process another year for no reason. Like every and your fan base knows it. Let's be real. Let's be real, bro. I guarantee it. Even we get a Bucks fan right now. It's honest and a Rams fan. The Rams fans already knows for sure. But the Bucks fan they'd be teetering towards like, well, we still can make a run. That is so weak. That is South. I get it. Right. That is South. Merchant myself. But it's like, let's be realistic. Like you know, was reloading the better option? Yeah. Like it, it was. Because, again, like you said, the ceiling is still playing your best game and being able to be beat out, which is not good. Talk about ceilings. Does Bryce Young suck? What is his ceiling? I'm sticking with it. I'm at, this is, I put myself, I'm putting myself on jackass watch with this one. But I, I'm not, <laughs> jackass I have, watch. The Bears have done it to me for like three seasons in a row. Fuck it. Might as well. You know, what is the, what's the risk at this point? I'm sticking with Bryce. I'm I'm sticking with him in the sense of here's where exactly where I'm comparing him to at this point. There's no doubt. I'm sticking with it. Please, Bryce. No, don't let me down. Jokes aside, I do think he's very similarly, uh, kind of like came out into a situation very much like Tua. Like, I don't think Frank Reich is the guy. I don't think that anything about the team is gonna be that is the way it is now has any contingency on how it's gonna look down the road in a few years. I don't think there's any type of the, the the team like it's like it's like a big illusion right now like Bryce is just caught in the middle of a big fucking hurricane right like it's like he got washed in and the and the, the staff is not going to be there the owner has no clue what's going on himself like the the yeah. the direction of the team has been a mess um passing up I mean like that passing up Brian Burns to first that's what, I was just, just gonna get back to that in the ass so much. It's like, but and, and it, that's what I was gonna go back to. It's like, um, what's the plan in the future with the young guys you already have? And that's why I say back to the Tua thing. I think you put the if again, is it going to go the same way? I can't guarantee that they're going to be a fucking Mike McDaniel to come save the day. But you get a new coach in place, you get a new just get that man 
a good receiving core, a, a competent O-line. The O-line around him is terrible right now. He's getting hit constantly. Yes, let me be clear. He makes terrible mistakes and decisions in-game, though. But back to, like, how Tua was, I think it goes back to the whole, like, when you're not comfortable beginning with and you never were comfortable, like, you're going to play like shit, no matter how good you were coming out or who, who you are coming out. When you're thrown into an absolute garbage situation like that, and let me be clear, Bryce doesn't have the element that I, these other guys have. Yeah, if you're 6'5", six, 6'4", six, it'll look different because you can at least still... Bryce, it's like he really is relying on them to, to surround. He's different. Like with Bryce, you need them to actually give you what you need, or else you're screwed. He's not. I, you can make it work when you're when you're different breed athletically, but it's like Bryce is what he is. Yeah. No, I agree. I think also like the main thing is like you can say this about any player. Like Bryce is not situation proof, especially with his physical limitations. So when you have when you don't have a true wide receiver one and your defense is injured beyond all belief and you cannot get the ball back in your hands, those bad habits formed and bad environment that you're living in every day, I feel like is going to hamper him later in his career, and which is sad. I mean, you see, the, you see this a lot of quarterbacks, and I'm willing to say, and we've talked about this, more of these guys bust from coaching and situation than actual talent. Oh, it, for sure. And again, though, like I say, if someone's really, really the guy, like they're going to shine through regardless. Right? Yeah. Like, gonna, and that's the thing. They're going to, sh- but with Bryce, that's, I'll use Bryce as the example. If Bryce was showing consistent, humongo flashes, like, whoa, like that was a crazy window. He just fit that in on a laser rope before he made that dumb mistake, right? Like, it's like, I'd be like, you could give it a little more before you take. But it's like when you're, when you're playing like shit way more than you're showing the flashes yeah. on top of the bad situation, that's where the questions come from right now. It's like, we got to ask. Well, Bryce Young had a bad day, which means the Colts' defense had a good day. A very good day. Kenny Moore, two pick sixes, four total sacks. Is this like a unit that next year could be actually very, very scary? I won't say like very, very scary yet. But again, when you combine it with obviously the ideal goal of of Shane Steichen is going to be running it how they did with Jalen. So let's just run this ball, get a rich... have an option get him like 14 15 carries a game and just chew the clock i mean as much as you can while still producing on offense when you combine that on top of it they could have like a what a top 15 top 12 next year that's what i say i'm not ready to say like elite but i'll say like getting into the above like above the rest of the pack territory they're still young they still got to grow well they're gonna have to kind of overperform this year because the offense is functional functional but i mean you're not really getting much out of Minshew and the running backs and especially with the receiving core being injured now the colts are very much in that same territory as only a few teams but it's like you really don't know how you feel about them like it's like i really just actually don't know like it's like i i I really would love a rich to come back be healthy then i'm like i'm all in like i was but now where the narrative is until he'll prove it to not be, that it's like, man, how long can A-Rich stay out there? Yeah. So that's the question at this point. He comes back, that's not the question at all. Then again, we're all back in. Gotta love it. But right now, I don't know how to feel about the Colts with that contingency plays. The Colts have Anthony Richardson. The Panthers have Bryce Young as their franchise quarterbacks. And the Las Vegas Raiders have Aiden O'Connell. Is he their quarterback of the future? I say, you, you definitely can't be ready to say it yet. You definitely can't be ready to say it yet. But, like, what he showed you in preseason, what he showed you in the short stint he's had in the regular season so far this year, I think there's a lot of great traits about him. 
And I think the main thing you got to say you love is that he doesn't really ever commit like the baffling mistake. That's like definitely very, very nice to have when he's playing as many reps as he is and he's out there as long as he's been. Like, in, I mean, in this game specifically, it's like, and against the defense like the Giants that likes to try to force turnovers, likes to try to force mistakes, likes to try to get pressure, it's a really good sign that he plays as, as calm as he does. He is definitely a calm, pocket-dwelling, move around, move in that pocket, he's going to move around, he's going to look, he's going to find his guy. He's got a lot of good things about him. He's just, purely on sample size, I'm not ready to say that at all, just because I got to see more. I got to see more. Give me three or four at least more weeks before I even have, like, a somewhat of an opinion for him. But as of right now... He looked good, and he looked damn good, and consistently, he looks like a chill QB in yeah. the best way possible. Now, do you think the fact that Aiden O'Connell, yes, while you know playing nice and doing everything he does, do you think this affects like Devontae Adams' want to be in Las Vegas with a young, developing QB who may not be able to feed him the ball a ton and be hurting his legacy? No, again, can we go back to direction stuff all the time? And let's just call it what it is. They didn't do it because they don't want egg on their face. It's, it is what it is. Like the Devontae trade. I saw the Jets had made an offer at the deadline. Yeah. Sure, they weren't the only ones. Yeah. Like you had a chance to get great value out of a guy who's not only disgruntled, but realistically, he's just not a part of your window at this point. I mean, assuming that Devontae's not going to be an all pro till he's like 34, 35. Yeah. Could he? Sure. But likelihood, you know me and my likelihoods. No. So it's like he's probably not a part of being the same Devontae. Yeah. Even if he was on your team, the same Devontae, when it's time to be windowing that Super Bowl. So I, I just, I don't know what these, I don't know what these GMs are doing. It's a pride thing. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's an egg on their face thing. It's, it, you sacrifice a couple days of being a shithead and everybody's saying, fuck you. For then now, you just delayed it. You delayed yeah. it. It's it, it just, it's like, oh, it's my theme of the day. Like you literally just delayed and everybody's going to say, why didn't we in a few years? In a few years, it's just the opposite. Everyone's saying, why the fuck didn't we trade him? What the fuck? Like you got no value. He got older. He Like, it's just funny because that's how people are too is you have to understand as an owner. If you listen, like I say, if you listen to the fans, you're going to be with them soon. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, like, the other thing too is like being a rookie quarterback, like you're going to run it a lot. Like Josh Jacobs had a good day on the ground, great day on the ground. You may not be feeding your star receivers all the time, especially if you're not like a high electric offense. So, and I get it though; it's like you, it's a like comfort thing to keep him for Aiden O'Connell. On the other hand, I guess right. I want to say that before, but it's like the value you'd get the for OC, him. It's not a real OC; like it, it, it's a guy that stepped up. So, you know, I mean, there is some hope on the other side of the ball, like Max Crosby. He's a dog, but outside of that, like the Raiders situation is bleak. But an even more bleak situation may be the Giants, who may be the worst team in football. Daniel Jones tore his ACL. He's done. DeVito is in now. Saquon Barkley's playing well. But it's just like, I mean, what? I don't even know how you discuss the Giants. I think the most surprising stat of the game, Tommy DeVito completed 75% of his passes. <laughs> huh? I know he did. <laughs> he played it terrible game. I was like, when I saw that, I'm like, wait a minute, really? I mean, like, yeah, hold on a minute. That's actually just, I, I didn't even think that. There's just no way, but it, that it actually is. Yeah, jokes aside, um, Saquon's playing incredibly well, but he's doing all he can. I mean, it's like, yeah. what do you want? You know, that's where it's just like this. They are, I mean, I actually think Saquon's the one I feel for the most. I just, it just came to me all at once. This wasn't even what I planned on. I didn't, he's gone on, after I didn't this plan year. on going on the soapbox. But like, man, like, dude's been giving his all for that squad, and it's just like let down after let down. He needs a fresh start for sure. And if anything, too, he's, his skill and talent, his raw skill and talent, 
is the only reason at this point. Really, it's like they even ha- they they have a win. It's like a couple wins. Man, it's like he's he's holding back from being the ultimate tank job where they could just go get that number one pick and go find, like you know what I mean? No, 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 I agree. Like it's like yeah, if you're the Giants at this point, because this was not our narrative going to the year. The narrative was a, bit, a fat regression. I mean, we but we, not. Listen, we said they weren't going to be that we good were this cooking, year. We were cooking, but like not. We didn't think we were going to be was, cooking this crazy. No, it, like it came out better than we expected. This is like poverty ass shit. Like this is bad. Like this is. Just watch it. Like, they Zero don't look sacks. like a functional team. Zero sacks on Ain O'Connell. How do you not sack Ain O'Connell once? That's the craziest part about the game. I said the craziest stat was uh, Danny DeVito. I lied. Zero sacks on Ain O'Connell with this fucking D-line that they have. I know the Raiders have a good O-line. I'm sorry, though. You got to get at least one on Aiden O'Connell in, in, in this start, in this situation. How you don't generate... I mean, like... It's the Giants, though. Like, I'm not trying to be rude, but... This team is bad. Like, very, 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 very bad. Like, it just seems like there's no cohesion at all with anything. That's the thing I wanted to get at, too, is where it really sucks. Be- because I feel I feel for him. Like, this is one of those, like, situations, too, where if you're him, I mean, you, you could have not succeeded really no matter what you did. But it's really exposing for what it is where it's like... I- <sighs> It's like I feel like I'm doing a bogus because I'm. I'm it's like I want to go back to look and look at last year, the amazing job he did last year. But it's like now seeing what's going on is it's almost like you're getting the, into in a sense where it's like maybe Dable doesn't have much control over the um like the climate of the locker room. Like he's good at the X's and O's. We know he's a great offensive mind. Yeah. But maybe just maybe he doesn't have a lot of control over his guys and how they are emo- and how that their emotions translate into the way they play, the way that they the the product looks on the field. Well, did you like, see what happened look- with Evan Neal? He false started, and he just you just see the camera cut to Dable, and he's like, what the fuck? He's, like, cussing out Neil. And it's just like, Neil has played really, really bad. But it's just like, like – Why is he still out there? I, I get I don't it. Know. They, they have no – there's nobody. Everyone's injured. But that's, like – that's why I'm saying – back to my thing. It's like, in his credit, you, really, what could he have done? They're so bad. It's like – it's on Dable, but it's also – it's, it's also not. Like, I, there's yeah. there's almost, like, no – Accurate way to paint this, other than paying Daniel Jones, is where it all fucking went wrong. Stop giving mediocre QBs max money. How about that for a like? That's really what this Daniel Jones is the real criminal. I mean, so well, no, Joe uh, Joe Shane is. Yeah, you're. I was saying actually, Daniel Jones didn't write the contract himself. No. Um. Honestly, what do you think about Dable and Caleb Williams next year? If they found a way to make it happen, that would be crazy. That's they would Dable, have to give Dable's up a lot redemption. if they don't have the first pick. Going from probably the worst team in the NFL to the best team in the NFC, do you think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC? I think they're the best team in the NFL. Because my thing I've been saying with the okay. Eagles, it's like they're 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 clearly not at their best. And they're still the best. I'm just going to crown them as that right now. Like, if you are not playing your best brand of football and you're still the best team out there, like, how, how can I not give you knocks? And... That's why I think it's funny. Like I'm, I'm, I'm seeing like this is not the consensus. At least from what I'm seeing, a lot of a lot of people have like all, I know, it's like the Ravens train right now. There's a lot of different trains people are riding. Still on the Chiefs. I'm over here and I'm like, look, man. I know the Eagles have got some issues. I know they're not, but that's why that they should be number one. Like they've got issues and they still are pulling out all these wins. Jalen Hurts still clearly is getting healthier and healthier. He's still got a lot of health to. He's got to get healthier. But if he's playing like this and he's not all the way healthy, like again. Well, I'm not going to look at it as a negative. I'm going to yeah. look at it glass half full. Like they're going to keep getting better and better. They're already a great team. For me, it's just like it's like it's like simple. It's just like 
And we know that the Moxie and the pedigree of this team, like, they just showed us that they were a couple snaps away from doing it last year. I mean, it's like... Yeah. I mean, when you have two receivers like A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith who are balling out, it's kind of hard to stop that offense, especially when you have such a threat with Jalen Hurts and the offensive line and DeAndre Swift. It's, you know, maybe it's that's why Dallas only had three sacks. And even I know Kenneth Gainwell has a has an interesting reputation. I know a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I know it is. He's interesting. He had he had a hell of a rap when he did that flip when he did yeah, that flip yeah, over Stephon yeah. Gilmore. I just kind of give him that. Like I was teasing my screen. I'm like, you know, I got he got some love back from the Eagles fans on that one. He got some love back from Philly. I mean, yeah, this this offense as a whole, this defense, that's the thing. It's like they don't have to play their best right now, and we see what they can do. That and but it comes down to for me, come playoff time, like that Eagles D line. You don't want to see them like that. No. We talk about Five how sacks. I keep talking about how a lot of these teams what they're missing is they would a lot of these teams just they even just got one of these got these edge rushers for the Eagles or interior rushers. I'd say they that they're ready to go, but the Eagles have all of them. And then see what I'm saying? It's like it's like when you got this pass rush with all this, this is the year to do it. Last year I thought it's like yeah, last year was was really a year too. Now it's like you really got to do it this year because this if you're an Eagles fan, I think that this has got to be it. This has to be the year. I feel like that's how the San Francisco 49ers felt trading for Chase Young. Like They felt like this is their year. Now, let me ask you this, because it probably is not their year with the way they've been playing. Is it Dak Prescott or is it Mike McCarthy? That's what's crazy. Is This was Dak's best game in a long time. They're in a 74 yards, three touchdowns, basically a 66% completion clip. I mean, that's a hell of a game. Right. I, it's like... I don't know. I don't think. How about how about like it's not specifically either. The Cowboys still just consistently. It, it's crazy. It's like it's like wh- what's going on here. Like what is the narrative is what the narrative has been, and it sucks. It's like I'm so tired of this actually being the narrative, bro. I'm actually so tired of just being like same old Cowboys. It's actually getting boring. Like yeah, I know it's I know, every year. I know dudes like Stephen A. Smith love it. If you're a Cowboys hater, you love it. That's the thing. Me myself, I'm actually no Cowboy hater. I don't like them. I don't hate them. It's like for me, this is so tiresome, tiresome and ridiculous. It's actually ridiculous. It's the same shit every year. It has been for actually since I'm in fucking middle school. I, I think you feel the same way. I mean, has yeah, it, I mean, not, has they it talk ever about, changed? They talk about them every year, and some years feel better than others, but after watching them, you just never feel like they can get over that hump. Like, you never feel confident about it. It's like, it's not Dak. It's not Mike. It's the fucking logo. The logo yeah. attracts fucking... We're, we're, we're right there, but we're just not there close enough. It's Jerry Besides Jones. the 90s, I mean, like, what the fuck's going on here? And it's, I'm not sure to be disrespectful. Cowboys fans, I'm sure, agree with what I'm saying at this point. It's literally ridiculous. It has been the same thing on at least a 20-year run. What are we doing? It's like this is actually getting tiresome. I'm tired of it. I want the Cowboys to either just go be the dominant team that we know they can be or just fucking just completely shit the bed and just restart all over because this trend of, like, they're really close. and like, like it's been, Literally, it's been 20 years in a row. What are we doing? That this is out of hand. It's crazy that you talk about. Besides, really- when they reloaded with Dak yeah. and Zeke, and then it's we restarted the whole process. I guess I can't forget about that. But you're getting my point. Basically, it's been for like 20 years in a row now the same thing. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Talking about teams that are really close but just can't get the jobs done. The Buffalo Bills could they possibly miss the playoffs? They are currently not a playoff team. It's so perfect that we had the Cowboys and the Bills back to back. Same team. You have to, I mean, it, the, the Bills have had a much shorter stint of being the same team. But, yeah, yeah I mean, if you're a Bills fan, you got to feel like, wow. We're going back to shaking hands again. I mean, it's like, it, this is, yeah, I mean, but what sucks about the Bills is, I'll say, where I get more upset about it than I would even about the Cowboys. Because with the Bills, it's like, 
they, they don't got the Lombardi. They got all the sad losses. I, I would actually like to see of the Bills, if, if my team isn't going to go do it. It's like, I wouldn't mind seeing these boys yeah. go do it, right? But them, they keep letting you down, and you won't even mind seeing them do good. What is it to, like, you can't eat with this. Like, so, they're, they're the same situation. Like, who, with, But with the Bills, I think you probably lean. Are we leaning Josh? One of the main things that I saw is they are one of the quickest teams to abandon the run when it doesn't work. So they have no run game, so teams just play them in the pass. That No, that's been a thing forever. On top of it, the Bills all line still. It's just like nobody ever talks about it, but like they're, it's not, just kinda, like, they're, they're not a good line. Like yeah. That's the Achilles heel of the Bills, that they've never given Josh an elite line. But on top of that, Josh still does just Josh stuff like too often, especially this year. Like, we know Josh. Like, that's Josh. Josh can go be the, one of the best QB in the league, but he also can just be Josh. It's like some Drake and Josh shit going on. I mean, it's, like, yeah. it's like, what are we... Like, it's like it's like bloopers. He, like, pulls out the blooper reel. It's, it's like the mistakes that he reel. makes. The mistakes that he makes are like blooper reel football. So... Five straight games with an interception. And back to Stephon Diggs. Back to Stephon Diggs. Like, what's the... Like, I saw he had another, uh, uh, like... He, he basically was saying was he wasn't time? fucking sweating. Because it's like... They're not doing anything on offense. See, that's the thing. It's like when you got Stefan bringing that pressure on top of the fact that you're not. Josh like, is already an anxious person. He like pukes before every game. That there's there's something going on where like that's like that's what makes me more mad about the Bills than the Cowboys from a comparison standpoint. Is it's like at least with the Cowboys, they like it's like things are what they were what they are. It's like they're but with the Bills, it's like we saw them peeking out. Like they they were making the run. They almost made the run. They should beat the Chiefs. Yeah. And when they lost, it's like that. They're gonna improve off this for sure, and it's like now. It, it's like the the beat never dropped. Yeah. We're over here waiting. It's like what what's going on here? I mean, disappointment. Going from star receiver to star receiver, Jamar Chase could be down for a little bit, but T Higgins had a great game. This is definitely his best game of the year. He's he's past. You know, I say past like few weeks. It's been like a bounce back. It, you know, we we he's been a little a little shaky, but I think more than anything, he just had to. You know, we got to get back in the groove. I think, it, regardless, is he going to re-sign with the Bengals? I don't, I don't know. know. Like, that's, you, you know, I don't know. But he's definitely helping himself out. Like, he's yeah. definitely, no he's matter what. Paid. Yeah, he's definitely helping himself get that value back up. Future he's make Carolina sure he Panther. That would be crazy. Potentially something really to keep our eye on. I mean, I mean, they would probably pay a premium for T. Higgins. Like, top of the dollar, top of the market value. They're going to need him. So, to kind of close this game out, do you think... All right, let's say, okay, the Bengals are 5-3 and three after how they started. The Bills are 5-4. and four. Who has the higher win total by the end of the year, the Cincinnati Bengals or the Buffalo Bills? I'm going Bengals. That's the thing is I had to give the Bengals their shouts. Like, in a game where they didn't get the run game going really good at all, besides, and that's the thing, is the last play, you won it with the run game. Joe Mixon made a hell of a play. Yeah. You still won it with the run game, so it's like you didn't abandon it. And on top of that, when Joe Burrow's playing like this, I mean, these last few last few weeks, Joe Burrow's been who we know Joe Burrow is. Yep, calm, collected, dialing up, putting the ball and the money on the blitz. Like that's Joe Burrow getting out of the pocket when he's got out of the pocket. I mean, when they're rolling like this, and yes, I do think missing Jamar's gonna hurt a little bit. I don't think it's gonna hurt enough though that they're gonna lose games that they should have won. Okay. Like I think if they're gonna lose a game, they're gonna lose it regardless. And it's like they're still gonna close out enough that I do think that they will. I think they'll have a better record than the Bills by the end of the year, especially because I know the Bills have kind of a tough closeout coming up so well that was you don't know ball number 58 week nine recap tonight we got chargers jets 
It's going to be an interesting game. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Dobbs. If you enjoyed, drop a like, drop a sub. Again, we already know. 100%. We appreciate y'all. Want to have y'all around. And so feel free to stick around. Go watch some more videos. We appreciate y'all, man.